peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet, what's good? Returning to the book of Hebrews, so I'm going to get right to it. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to pick up in verse 21. Let's get into this. So verse 21, the book of Hebrews. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, again, I've I've said this several times going through this book, but I'm going to say it again because it's good to keep this on your mind so you're constantly reminded of the audience. And when you read verse 21, you have to remember that. Remember, an Orthodox Jewish audience. These are people who have believed the gospel coming out of um, Orthodox Hebrew tradition and having an high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, draw near, you might ask the question, draw near to what? What I believe is keeping in line with the subject he's talking about uh, verse 19, right? Verse 19, is, it says, having therefore, brethren, boldness, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And in verse 21 and 22, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He's instructing uh, the believers here to draw near unto the holiest, right? In the Old Testament, that holy place, when you enter the temple that the high priest went into, represented the holy, close presence of God. Now, don't get it twisted, as many people do. That was a representation of the holy, close presence of God. In the book of James, something is said, we'll go there, the book of James chapter 4 and verse 8. Okay, the Bible says, 
draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. But what I want you to notice is the requirement to draw nigh to God. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. These Hebrews are being instructed to draw nigh to God. Now, again, as I said, you have to remember these are ideas that are foreign to the way they worship, and they are being instructed and discipled in the ways of Christ. This is the new covenant, and this is what is being discussed in these passages of Scripture. They are being instructed in the way of the new covenant. Draw nigh to God. Um, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. That word profession means open declara declaration public avowal or acknowledgement of one's sentiments or belief. Well, what profession is he talking about? Well, let's go to the book of Romans. Let's check something out. The book of Romans chapter 10 in verse 9. Okay, Romans chapter 10 verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine, in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And then we're going to go back to something that the Lord Jesus Christ said in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10. In verse 32. Okay, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. This is the profession that these Hebrews made. Let me get to the right verse here. Chapter 10, verse 23. They made a profession that the Lord Jesus is the Christ, the anointed. They accepted what he did on the cross and they are being assured right here to hold fast in that profession of faith. Now, hold fast is a saying that is not really used today a lot. You do hear some people say it, but that could be translated. Stick to your guns. Right. They're being instructed. Hold fast to this profession. 
And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Um, that word provoke means to call into action, to arouse, to excite. We should live in such a way that we excite other people to good works. You know, just as the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Do you think that that is only a reference to the lost? No, there's some saints that need excitement as well. There's many people in the faith who I've seen walk with God and it's exciting. It, their walk makes you want to get closer to God. I love it. In uh, verse 25, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, here's the thing. If we are going to consider um, one another and provoke one another to love and to good works. You can't do that if you're not around people. See, the thing is, we ought to be around the saints, fellowshipping with the saints. I'm not telling you how much or how often you should fellowship. That that would be a, a legalistic argument and a legalistic stance. But the principle and a point is we should be around other believers. And that's why in verse 25, it says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. That word exhorting is almost the same as provoke, slightly different. It means um, enticing to good deeds by words or arguments, not arguing the word arguments means something completely different. Encouraging, counseling. Verse 26. For if now this is where this is where it gets heavy. For if we sin willfully. After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ is not only sufficient, there is no more sacrifice. Once you have accepted that sacrifice for sin, there is no more. It is finished. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. The work is done. There's, there's no more sacrifice to attain to. Again, the Lord Jesus Christ is better than everything, and his sacrifice is the ultimate sacrifice. And notice also who it's talking to, because some people use these verses and try to twist and contort the scripture um, and, and into an idea of loss of salvation. Uh, that's what I've seen people use these verses to try to twist out. But I want you to listen to the wording here for if we. So the writers, including himself, sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. 
there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. This is not the rainbows and unicorns that everyone wants salvation to be that everyone wants God to be. God is 100% love, 100% mercy, 100% grace, and 100% judgment. Everything God is, he is 100%. Verse, uh, where was I at? Verse 28. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Now listen to this. How much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant? Listen to this. Wherewith he was sanctified. So this is not talking to somebody who's lost. This is a person who's sanctified. An unholy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit of grace. So this is a warning. This is a stark warning. The Bible saying if this happened to those who despise Moses law, how much worse will it be for the believer who's trodden underfoot? the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll end with verse 30. For we know him that hath said, vengeance belongeth unto me. And if you were confused about who this was talking to, and you thought this was talking about somebody who has lost their salvation, the Bible says, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge, listen to this statement, his people. In this very same book, the Bible makes a statement that is a very stark and scary statement. Scary in a good way if you apply it and live your life correctly. The Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This is talking to believers who have gone astray. That's not a good position to be in. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ is so much better than the law and the Old Testament sacrifice. How much sore punishment should he be thought worthy that violates that sacrifice? Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.